Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 16 of All This and World War II. We're in the NPCs section, and we've just finished with Nazi villains. We're moving on now to regular people. And I'm going to draw an analogy here. I'm going to make a connection from what I'm doing right now to the material. So just bear with me. Please trust that this has as much to do with the podcast as these kind of stories ever do. Here I sit in a hotel recording session, and what am I drinking? Not Krabby's. Wherever he is, Mr. Krabby, in his wisdom, decided that he would no longer service the United States, where this podcaster, who started drinking Krabby's when he worked at a sandwich shop and discovered that they were the perfect accompaniment for sandwiches full of the carnitas that would still be left over sometimes at the end of the day, therefore I would eat them even though I'm a vegetarian, they were delicious and they went very well with a Krabby's. Now, alas, those days are gone. Because I can't get Krabby's, I'm drinking Moscow Mules. Now, this is like a pre-mixed bottled Moscow Mule. I'm not sitting here at a bar making myself Moscow Mules. This is not that swanky of a podcast. But the reason that I'm drinking these is because I can't get Krabby's. I have a personal connection to Krabby's. They connect me to certain memories, to a time in my life, to other incidences where I was podcasting with Krabby's. Lacking those, I have turned to the Moscow Mule, which it's fine. It's the same basic thing, but with none of the resonance. Just because something is the same doesn't mean it's the same. That is the paradoxical truth that the author should have heeded before introducing the dumbest thing on this page, General William Bull Dozier. Which, first of all, (laughs) fuck off with that name. First Corruptman and now this. It makes it worse that they never call him Bill Dozier. If the author had said that, then I could simply judge the author. But by not saying it, the author has forced me to close the circle. I become complicit. Bill Dozier, fuck right off. More importantly than his name, though, General William Dozier, I can't tell you much about his background because there are spoilers for the adventure, but really the only thing we learn about him, his position in the military, his personality, it's one sentence, quote, General Dozier commands most of the American forces in Italy. That's it. Truly, he's he's completely paper thin. There's nothing here except this dumb name and the fact that he commands American forces in Italy in 1943. And stats, but the stats, I mean, fighting, typical, agility, typical, strength, typical, endurance, typical, reason, good. Intuition, typical, psyche, typical. He does have resources of remarkable, which means that his pay grade is literally the most interesting thing about him. There's also a picture here. He's a very squat man. He's smoking a cigar, but a cigar is not a personality. He's just a general. Now, normally, this would be a dull but perfectly serviceable choice to make for an NPC. It's fine from time to time for a GM or an author to say, I'm going to punt on this character. I don't care about them. They're not very important. So here's a name that the players will remember. Here's their role. They're a general or a captain of the guard or a cabbie or a janitor or what have you. And that's it. There's no character here. It's just an empty role. Sometimes that can be appropriate because you don't want to go to the time and effort to try to make this character really connect and resonate with the players or with the characters. You don't have years of delicious sandwiches to build a relationship as I have as a podcaster with Krabby's. And failing that, a little bottled Moscow mule, it's just fine. The author here, though, 
is leaving Krabby's on the shelf. Because do you know who, other than Bill Dozier, commanded a lot of American troops and was an embattled general in Italy in 1943? George Goddamn Patton. That's who. The Goddamn is for emphasis. It's not like his nickname was Goddamn. But it could have been. It would have fit. Unlike Bill Dozier, Patton had not just one, but two good, flavorful nicknames, Bandito and Old Blood and Guts. Who would you rather follow into battle, Old Blood and Guts or Bill Dozier? You can't deny that reality has the better of fiction here. Now, I want to take a moment. As those of you who are history buffs will know, or those who, like me, just very briefly skimmed George Patton's Wikipedia entry, the controversy in which Patton found himself in August of 1943 was of no one's doing but his own. He slapped and in one case pulled a pistol on one of his own men who are suffering from what today we would call PTSD, demanding that there was nothing wrong with them and they go back and fight. Obviously, this is reprehensible and counterproductive behavior, and I don't mean to glorify this shithead whose main contribution to the war for the 11 months following those incidents was to keep a low profile so that Allied Command could trick the Nazis into thinking that he was some kind of secret mastermind who was coming to take them down, when in fact, he was on the bench for being a shithead. But the point isn't the real Patton. The point is the pop culture Patton. Now, but certainly in 1989, people had a pre-existing relationship with George Patton. You have the movie from 1970. You've got just the general pop culture osmosis of kind of like knowing the name Patton and knowing what he was about. And you've got the fact that the stereotype of the kind of grizzled, never-say-die, little respect for hierarchy, but popular with his men general, that whole stereotype is greatly influenced by Patton. He's immediately recognizable and immediately resonant. He is the Krabbies in this scenario. Why would you not use him here? Why would you not use George Patton? Now, it's hard without spoilers to really dig into this, because if you look at the scenes that Bill Dozier is in, you could make an argument that you want to have a fictional character for this, not a real person. But I don't think so. I I can understand where someone would initially think that. But after contemplation, the author should have realized nobody's going to give a fuck about Bill Dozier. They have no idea what Bill Dozier is like. They have no investment. No matter how much power I give him, he is in charge of most of the allied forces in the country, but no matter how much power I give him, he remains just this squat generic substitute for the actual character that these players would actually care about, much in the same way that this little bottle of Moscow Mule, even if it is going to my head considerably faster than Krabby's, I I feel nothing for it. It is the generic replacement for my podcast drink, in much the same way that Bill Dozier is a generic replacement for the actual World War II general, George Patton. If you're going to do an American general in World War II, it's Eisenhower or Patton. And it wouldn't be Eisenhower because Eisenhower doesn't look like an old-timey movie general. He looks like a stereotypical old-timey movie loan officer who denies you your loan at the beginning of the movie and then at the end of the movie gives you your loan and says something clever with a twinkle in his eye to show that he's really one of the good guys after all, despite the fact that he wears little glasses. He'll never do for leading your fictional World War II army into battle. It's gotta be Patton. Not Eisenhower, not fucking Bill Dozier. It's gotta be Patton. And there's more I could say here, but but no spoilers. Just if you come back and listen to this season later, or if you happen to have played this module already, think about the way that Patton was one of the most valued officers in the American military up until August 1943. And then he got benched for 11 months, didn't command any combat units during that time. 
and then he went on to be really useful again in the future. Always had a reputation for being erratic, but gung-ho, tremendous reputation with both the people of the time and with modern players, especially what would have been modern players in 1989. They would have had a lot of preconceptions about who he is, what he's like. He would have been really good in the Bill Dozier role in this story. The dumbest thing on this page, straight up, is using Bill Dozier here when Patton is right there waiting. Patton, not to praise him as a man, but he is a legend. Bill Dozier, he's got nothing going on but being squat and having a silly name, which granted has been enough for many comic book characters, but I'll take Patton any day. Join me next time as we wrap up the NPC section with some alleged mooks who, unlike General Bill Dozier, are not too little, but way too much, on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.